To the Zach Gelb Show right here on CBS Sports Radio. It is Ryan Hickey in for Zach right here on this Thursday. Happy Thursday to you. Appreciate you making us a part of your evening slash afternoon right here on CBS Sports Radio. And hopefully it has been a very, very good one. A very busy, very chaotic day, especially in the NFL. And that is where we start with something... That could truly, possibly, not to be an alarmist, because we don't know any details yet for sure, but we possibly could be seeing a season-altering injury before we even get to the month of August. Joe Burrow, earlier today, was practicing at Bengals training camp, rolling out, came up lame, favoring his right calf. Now, as of this moment, we do not know the severity Head coach Zach Taylor was talking to the media right after practice. So he said it was like 10 minutes after it happened. He really had no um, no insider or no further details outside of the video we just saw. The video looked like, to me, just almost like a cramp or, or a minor calf strain. So I'm hoping for the best. There's some teammates. Jamar Chase basically said that. He said Joe Burrow on the way out kind of gave him one of those nods or winks. You know, like that look when it's like, I'm all right. I got this. Everything's all good. Jamar Chase is claiming that's what kind of the look Joe Burrow gave him as he was riding out on the cart to leave practice. Uh, offense lineman Ted Karras said in his gut he thinks Burrow will be fine. I'm going to believe them. I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to start the show here by being an alarmist and, and freaking out and possibly talking about what could be the biggest injury we have seen maybe since Tom Brady tearing his ACL back in 2008. That's how big I think this injury could be, could be, if... It's a serious one, but as of right now, we do not know the severity, and by all accounts from what his teammates are saying, they are saying all should be well. So, okay, now that hopefully all should be well, that injury did have me thinking, though, how irreplaceable is Joe Burrow? Where does he rank in the league in terms of players you can just truly not afford afford to lose? And so I want to kind of frame that conversation by asking this very simple question. Let's just say the NFL opened up for agency. Every single player was available. Obviously, as we know, quarterback is the most important position, so everyone's going to go for quarterback first. So let's just then start right there. If every single quarterback right now was a free agent, every single quarterback was available, how many teams currently right now in the NFL with their current quarterback situation would trade their current starter for someone else? For example... If you're the Vikings, would you trade Kirk Cousins right now for Patrick Mahomes? I think most Vikings fans, all Vikings fans, should say yes. How many teams would say no, we're good with our guy? Anyone is available. Mahomes is available. Burrow's available. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, any quarterback you want out there, they're all available. How many teams are saying we are good with our current guy? We are not going to trade him in for anybody else. I think there are three teams. Three teams in the NFL that say if you can trade your quarterback for anyone, they would say no. Chiefs, Bengals, Eagles. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts. Those are the three quarterbacks in the NFL that I wouldn't, if if they're on my team, I would not trade them for anyone else. Let's start with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, I think right now, is the closest thing we have seen to Tom Brady. This is a guy who is cool under pressure. 
He is someone who always does come up big time in the clutch. Anytime the Bengals are trailing, it feels like Joe Burrow is there for a big time drive when they need it. And if you want to just say, well, that's just the eye test, Ryan, let's go to the numbers as well. Eye test says Joe Burrow is clutch and a winner. The numbers back up that Joe Burrow is clutch and a winner. Tremendous NFL mind Warren Sharp put the stat out there a few weeks ago. He says, according to his research and his numbers, since 2019, Joe Burrow is the most clutch quarterback in the NFL. For every 10 pass attempts, when trailing in the last five minutes of a game, Joe Burrow throws a touchdown one out of every 10 pass attempts. To put that into context, one touchdown every 10 pass attempts in the last five minutes when your team is trailing is the highest rate in 25 years. He is doing something so far. We have not seen even guys like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, even Patrick Mahomes do. That is how clutch Joe Burrow is. I love, love his attitude, his mindset, and how he is just a stone-cold winner. Also helps, too, when you talk about right now the biggest threat to any team winning a Lombardi Trophy is the Kansas City Chiefs. Right, The quarterback that stands in everybody's way is Patrick Mahomes. Doesn't hurt if you're the Bengals to keep your guy. That right now, Joe Burrow, 3-1 and one all-time against Patrick Holmes, including 1-1 one and one in Arrowhead in the AFC title game. Very impressive. So Joe Burrow, I think, one of three quarterbacks right now in the NFL that if you said you could trade your quarterback for anyone in the league, the Bengals would say, eh, we're good. We'll stick with our guy. I mean, look, do I have to even waste my breath with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? Right, that's obvious. I will, just for the sake of argument, to placate myself and play to the audience. But Patrick Mahomes is right. It is obvious. The Chiefs are not upgrading a quarterback. He is the best quarterback in the league. But he right now truly does have everything you could want from a signal caller. Insane arm. Great vision. Very athletic. Insanely accurate. And oh yeah, by the way, an underrated value, I think, for quarterback, but now I think we're starting to see the importance even more with these record-breaking contracts being handed out. He's a team guy. I know it's big-time money, and it's almost half a billion dollars in totality. But on a yearly basis, do you know right now where Patrick Mahomes' contract ranks in terms of quarterbacks in the NFL? He currently right now is eighth. He is the eighth highest-paid quarterback in the NFL when it comes to average annual value. And soon, by the way, because I think Joe Burrow, despite today's injury to his calf, will get a contract extension before week number one. He's going to be the ninth highest paid quarterback in the league entering 2023. That is a team guy. That is someone who truly is putting his money where his mouth is. Respect the hell out of that. Patrick Holmes, obviously the Chiefs would be stupid to pick any quarterback outside of their own. They're not trading theirs. And Jalen Hurts is my third and final answer. If you're the Eagles, you are not trading Jalen Hurts for anybody else in the league, not even Mahomes, not even Burrow. Here's why. He is a coach's dream. Jalen Hurts is truly a coach's dream, wherein as he prepares so hard and so much, it is truly impossible for him to fail. I will be honest, coming out of Oklahoma, I did not think Jalen Hurts was going to be a success whatsoever. I remember laughing and mocking the Eagles when they drafted him in the second round. Not that he has the same 
abilities as Tebow. He's a lot more refined, and his game is more built for the NFL than Tim Tebow's was. But I saw a lot of Tebow comparisons to me in Jalen Hurts in the fact that a super successful college career, a lot of things he did looked easy in the college game, but would not translate to the pro game. He would not be a good pro. I thought Jalen Hurts was going to be a really good college quarterback, barely hanging on, maybe one of those locker room backup third string guys that's super smart and is always kind of ready to drop of a hat, but would never be actually relied upon in a real way to lead a franchise at the NFL level. And to his credit, he's proven me in every single doubt or wrong so far in his three years in the NFL, in large part because he puts so much work in, it's truly impossible for him to fail. This guy is constantly improving his game. He's a dual threat, obviously, so we know he can make plays with his legs and with his arm. He's very accurate. He's built like a house. To where even though he gets beat up a lot running the ball, he's still strong enough to keep on coming back. Look at the Super Bowl. He outplayed Patrick Holmes in the biggest game of his career. This guy has every single intangible. He is the absolute mental makeup that you desperately want from your quarterback. And that's why if I'm the Eagles or any other team that had Jalen Hurts, I'm riding with him. That's not a guy I'm giving up on or moving away from. I think he has, to me, everything you truly want, and he embodies what it truly means to be a quarterback. That's a guy I could play on my team any day. So if I open it up right now to you, 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. You tweet me at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. It is Ryan Hickey in for Zach Gelb right here on CBS Sports Radio. And I ask you, every single quarterback right now in the NFL is available. How many teams would trade their current quarterback for someone else? I think just three would say no. Three teams would keep their right now current quarterback. The Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Bengals with Joe Burrow. Eagles with Jalen Hurts. Those are the only three teams I think, if you said, hey, you could trade your quarterback in for anyone, they would say no. The reason why I think the Bills would move on from Josh Allen, Josh Allen to me is too turnover prone, and I have concerns if he could win the big game. He's been up and down in his playoff career where he's played great in that epic playoff loss to the Chiefs, but he's also been brutally bad against the Bengals we just saw at home in an embarrassing defeat. We've seen him play pretty poorly, even in Buffalo Bills wins. He's still a lot of a roller coaster. I don't feel truly safe if Josh Allen was my franchise quarterback to, without a doubt, win a Super Bowl and say no to any other quarterback in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers, not been great in the playoffs recently, and he's old. 39 years old. I'm going to get a younger quarterback on my team if I have the ability to and move off Aaron Rodgers. Lamar Jackson's a guy that, for me, why I move off of him, too injury-prone and bad in the playoffs. He has been a bad playoff quarterback. I'm not going to hitch my wagons all in on Lamar Jackson when I can't trust he'll put one or two good playoff games together, let alone just be healthy to play in those playoff games at the end of the season. Trevor Lawrence, I loved what I saw from Trevor Lawrence last year. But if I'm the Jaguars, well, I'm looking for an upgrade and I'm giving the Chiefs a call from Mahomes or looking at Joe Burrow, I got to see it from, from Trevor Lawrence more than one season. I thought the season was tremendous, especially the second half of 2022 was great. I got to see a little more consistency before I'm saying no to Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow in favor of Trevor Lawrence. Justin Herbert, I want to see him elevate the talent around him. Justin Herbert is a very talented quarterback. He also has a very talented team around him, and they missed the playoffs twice, 
And the one time they made it, obviously, as we know, blew a 27 nothing halftime lead in an embarrassing fashion before losing to the uh, Jaguars in the playoffs last year. The Chargers have talent. And now that Herbert got paid, he is his responsibility is to get the most out of that talent and make everyone around him better. I got to see that. So far, I have him, Justin Herbert, which is why if I was the Chargers, I would absolutely call around and look for an upgrade. So if every single right now quarterback in the NFL is available, how many teams are saying, no, we're good? No, I will keep my current quarterback and not trade him in for anybody else in the NFL. You have Patrick Mahomes available. You have Joe Burrow available. You have any of these other quarterbacks I just listed out there on the market for your team to acquire. How many teams are sticking with their current quarterback and not trading anybody in? For me, it's three teams. Chiefs, Bengals, Eagles. How about yourself? 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. At Ryan underscore Hickey. And the number three on Twitter. We'll get your thoughts on the irreplaceability of a guy like Joe Burrow. We'll keep you updated if any updates do occur here with Joe Burrow's calf injury. If, again, if you're just tuning in to the Zach Gelb Show, it is Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio filling in. Joe Burrow, biggest story of the day so far, just about two hours ago or so at, at a Bengals practice, came up lame with a right calf injury, had to be carted off the field. So far, no updates are out there. Teammates are talking positive, which is good. But obviously, the health of Joe Burrow is going to be a massive thing to watch because if he's out, if he's if this is severe or he misses a good chunk of time or, God forbid, the entire season, before 2023 even starts, the entire year is flipped upside down in the NFL. This is a big story. We will continue to watch it and continue to keep you updated as we do carry along here on the Zach Gelb Show with Ronnie Key filling in. But when we do return here, Sean Payton decided to go scorched earth on everybody, on Nathaniel Hackett, on his own GM, on the New York Jets. Nobody was safe, maybe really except for Russell Wilson, from Sean Payton's comments. I'll ask you this and I'll respond to, or I guess I'll answer my own question. We do come back here on the other side, and that is this. Are the Broncos back? Are the Denver Broncos a playoff team in 2023? I'll give it my answer when we do return. It's the Zach Gelb Show with Ryan Key filling in. Right here on CBS Sports Radio. So this is football. Guys go down with an injury that maybe is a day thing. Who knows? Um, so we, we don't we don't message the team after every single person goes down. There's, there's a lot of guys that had soreness today um, that have that reps cut down a little bit. So that's just part of playing football. You're listening to the Ryan Hickey Show. Ryan Hickey in for Zach Gelb. That voice you just heard was the voice of Bengals head coach. Zach Taylor giving the only update we have gotten so far on Joe Burrow. In case you missed it, Joe Burrow at practice today, second day of training camp. So we can't even get to August before some of these injury scares do start occurring here. Went down after kind of scrambled around in the pocket with a right calf injury. Kind of came up lame after jogging around and was eventually carted off. Now teammates are saying that they think Joe's going to be okay. This is not going to be any sort of you know, ACL or Achilles injury. They think it's maybe, you know, who knows, a strain, maybe even a cramp, hopefully best case scenario. Early reports from teammates at least, and it's obviously anecdotal, so it's not doctors coming this information, but no one seems too overly concerned uh, in Cincinnati about what so far Joe Burrow did uh, did suffer injury-wise and having to get caught off the field. So 
Hopefully, obviously, we wish the best for Joe Burrow. That'd be a huge loss for this NFL season if he's no longer able to um, play a significant amount of time or at all. Selfishly, someone who's picking the Bengals to make the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl, obviously would not make my pick look very good whatsoever. But I wanted to kind of use that injury scare, and hopefully that's all it is right now, a scare, as a way to open the door to talk about the most irreplaceable players in the NFL right now. And obviously, we know no position is more important than quarterback. So when it comes to quarterback, right, I want to ask you this, and this is kind of what we've been discussing so far here on CBS Sports Radio, is if every quarterback in the NFL was available, you had the option to trade your guy in for anybody else for free. How many teams are saying, no, we're sticking with our current guy? I think they're just three teams. Three teams saying no to any other upgrade in the NFL. It's the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. It's the Bengals with Joe Burrow. And it's the Eagles with Jalen Hurts. Those are the only three teams. If I said, hey, you can trade your guy for anyone, they are saying, no, we're good. We're keeping our guy. How many teams do you think should say no, should keep their current guy and basically reject a chance to get Patrick Mahomes? That's kind of what we're talking about, right? Patrick Holmes is the best quarterback in the NFL. So essentially, question is, how many teams would trade their current quarterback for Patrick Mahomes? I don't think the Bengals would, and I don't think the Eagles would. And I think if both of them say no, I think they're in the right. Not saying Jalen Hurts or Joe Burrow is better than Patrick Mahomes, but I think each bring a certain area to their team that makes them very close to that level and I think make them or going to make them very successful and win Super Bowls where I can't say that about any other team, any other quarterback in the league. So how about you? 855-212-4227. How many teams, if they had the option to get Patrick Mahomes or even Joe Burrow or Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, whatever quarterback you want, how many teams are saying, no, we don't need an upgrade. We are good with our guy. David, this should be interesting. David is calling from Dallas. What's up, David? I want to tell you somebody who should, but he would not, because unfortunately Jerry Jones runs his team like a mom and pop family <laughs> gas station. He, when he drafts a guy, he thinks he discovered the guy. He likes the credit to get Jerry Wayne Jones to admit that he was wrong on Dak Prescott. I think maybe Mahomes he would do it for, but but even then it would be really really hard because he'd probably be saying, "Well, I, what am I? You know, he." I'm just telling you, it's the man in the mirror issue. Jerry Jones would not do it. Jerry Jones would stay with Dak because it would prove that Jerry Jones knows so much about football. I would actually, and you said it, David. You're right that. This should not be the move, but I think Jerry absolutely would say no. I think you're right. I think they, uh, I think pride there for Jerry would absolutely lead him to saying, no, we're good with Dak. We're going to stick with Dak. And also, too, Jerry Jones has been a guy. It You wouldn't think it on the surface because you think this is a guy that desperately wants a Super Bowl no matter what and would do anything to get it. He's been a guy in recent time, David, that has really kind of almost made it known that he is he'd rather be like, in the mix and good consistently rather than go all in and be great. Like, earlier this offseason, I think it was the Senior Bowl. It could be wrong, but I think at the Senior Bowl, Jerry has a press conference because, of course, why not Jerry Jones there? Have to have a press conference anywhere this guy goes. 
And he was talking about kind of almost chastising the Eagles in a way because they went all in and made a few signings and kind of made a few moves to go all in for last year. Now, they went to the Super Bowl, obviously didn't win it. But Jerry was almost like, yeah, that was nice, but we're here for almost sustained success, so we're not going to do anything that maybe could put us over the edge but also kind of close our window long term. I think Jerry, at this point, David, cares more about relevancy than a Super Bowl, which is scary for Cowboys fans because it's been a while. Oh, absolutely. The reason why he was not going to move off Dak Prescott, why he was going to pay him, no matter what happened to Dak Prescott, is because every once in a while you'll hear an interview, and Jerry will mention it, and anybody who's a Cowboys fan knows, Jerry is still scared of the post-Aikman years before Romo came along. Jerry is so scared. You know, he says so, but it's like somebody who has a, who has a, a significant other, and the last one cheated on him all the time. This one may... Not spend money correctly. This one may be an alcoholic. But at least they don't cheat on me. And that's where Jerry Jones is at with Dak Prescott. One quick question, Dave, before I let you go here. Did you say Jerry's middle name? Is it Jerry Wayne Jones? Yes, his middle name is Wayne. Oh, I did not know that. That sounds kind of badass. I'll be honest. I, I will look at Jerry Jones now in a new light. Thank you for the call, David. Sounds like a, a Western character. Jerry Wayne in the building. I could see Jerry Jones kind of kicking... Those like double doors you see like an old Western film when they walk into the bar. Jerry with his boots on, kicking the door. Oh, shoot. Jerry Wayne Jones is here. But unfortunately for David and Cowboys fans everywhere, I think he's 100% right. Jerry Jones's self-confidence and need to for him to be right, I think would prevent the Cowboys from moving off of Dak Prescott to get an obvious upgrade and I would argue probably bare minimum nine quarterbacks. I think there are nine quarterbacks bare minimum in the NFL that the Cowboys could look at that, that could be an upgrade over Dak Prescott. But Jerry, I think in this case, would absolutely say no. Frank does tweet at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. Talking about Josh Allen. He thinks the Bills and Josh Allen should be on this list of teams that would not say, you know, that would say no to an upgrade and keep their current guy if they had every single quarterback available. He goes, Josh Allen had one bad playoff game. He's had 17 touchdowns, four picks in, in, the, uh, in his playoff career so far. He's been far from brutal. If the team held the lead with 13 seconds left, there'd be zero doubt he's above Burrow. Look, this is here's the reality with, with Josh Allen. And I don't, this is the one thing I don't get with Josh Allen that truly does drive me crazy. I don't understand why Josh Allen is the only quarterback people are afraid to truly criticize. He's the only one in the NFL. Every other quarterback that has struggled, that has lost a game at some point, has been questioned, has been criticized, has been scrutinized. Every single one. And for whatever reason, Josh Allen is like absolved of blame. And I, I someone has to explain to me why. Let's go back just this past year. Josh Allen facing Skylar Thompson and the Miami Dolphins. Those two picks that keep Miami in the game for a long point uh, and really make it a way closer game than it shouldn't have been. Even though they scored 34 points, yes. Two picks against the Dolphins. You cannot be doing that. Very next week laid a big, fat egg against that Bengals defense in what was an embarrassing loss and uh, led to the fewest points they've scored in a, uh, all season long. So their worst offensive output came in the biggest game of the season at home against the Bengals. That's just this year. Let's go back even further years as well. You go back to 2020. He almost gave away the game against the Colts late in that wild card game. I know most of you probably won't remember it. As a Colts fan, I do. Josh Allen was humming in the first half. 
tried his best to give it away in the second half. He was brutal against the Ravens in that win where they needed a pick six from Lamar Jackson to be the difference. Josh Allen was very bad in that game. He was bad against the Chiefs in the first time they met in the AFC title game. He has, I would argue, just as many bad games as good games. Yet no one says a word about it. No one says boo. And to me, I don't understand it. Someone's got to explain to me how he is the only quarterback in the league that is free of blame. So no, Josh Allen and the Bills is not on this list. In terms of quarterbacks that you would not trade anyone for, I think it's the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, it's the Bengals with uh, Joe Burrow, and it is the Eagles with Jalen Hurts. How many teams do you think if they had the opportunity right now in the NFL would say, you know what? I'm trading my guy in for X, Y, and Z. I'm moving off my guy because I can upgrade with these quarterbacks here. How many teams are saying, you know what? We're good with our guy. We're sticking with him. We don't. We wouldn't trade our quarterback for literally anyone else in the league. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. At Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three on Twitter. When we do return, we will get to the Denver Broncos. Sean Payton had some scathing comments about the league and about a, a certain head coach that I've never really seen any head coach speak about before. We'll tell you his comments and if the Broncos are back being uh, being playoff contenders. When we do return, it's Ryan Hickey in for Zach Elbright here on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to The Ryan Hickey Show. Ryan Hickey in for Zach Gelb on CBS Sports Radio. We have two injury updates here from day two of training camp. One good, one bad. Let's start with the positive here first. So the, the one we've been tr- uh, so far tracking the most has been Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, in case you missed it earlier today, was in practice, pulled up lame when scrambling with what appeared to be a calf injury right away from the video that was on Twitter, he was carted away. Now, according to Diana Rossini, very trusted ESPN NFL reporter, she says according to Bengals sources, Joe Burrow has a strained calf. That was injury he suffered today at training camp, and that is what he had to get carted off for. Now, I have not seen a timeline for how long he'll be out, strained calf. I mean, we can just guess being sports fans and seeming and seeing guys kind of suffer this injury a good amount. Four weeks, right? About a month or so, six weeks, which is right in line for when the season starts, week one. So if you're the Bengals, obviously, number one, you are overjoyed that the ACL is fine, that the Achilles is unbothered, and that it is a calf strain, which in all, you know, all things considered is a pretty minor, pretty solid injury. Like that's one you would prefer if you say, hey, this guy has to be injured. Calf strain is a good one that you know you should be able to recover pretty quickly from. Again, I've not seen any timelines. I would guess four to six weeks is my uneducated, non-doctor opinion whatsoever. That is my guess for you there, which is great news for the Bengals and obviously great for the NFL that he avoided any serious injury here in training camp. So that is the good injury update here from the Bengals and Joe Burrow. The bad one is this. Also today, Jalen Ramsey, if you remember, traded from the Rams to the Dolphins, had to leave practice today in Miami. He is needing knee surgery now, according to Tom Palacero of NFL Network. And this could be bad. It could also be good. It's a little ambiguous because part of what they're reporting is It's a knee injury, going to require meniscus surgery, 
And the doctors won't know, I guess, the severity of the injury until they actually get there and operate. So what at least Tom Pelissero is reporting that best case scenario, it's a very minor knee injury. The um, knee is surgically operated on, and he's back right at the start of the season. So maybe a similar time frame as Joe Burrow in terms of returning right when the games actually matter. Worst case scenario is that it's a lot more damaged right now than doctors think. And it could be six weeks, could be two months, which obviously does maybe have Jalen Ramsey miss the first few games of the Dolphins season. So it's a little bit of an up-in-the-air timeline for Jalen Ramsey. Best-case scenario, could be back by week number one. Worst-case scenario, maybe could miss the first month of the season. Obviously not ideal in a very tough division in the AFC East and a very big year for the Dolphins this season where there are a lot of expectations and a lot of competition. Not great that they're prized off-season acquisition, now possibly could miss the first month of the season. Here's the one thing I can't stand. I hate this because it happens every single year. It's a stupid and pointless conversation because nothing actually ever happens, nor should it. So Adam Schefter today just tweeted out both injuries. Joe Burrow carted off with a calf strain. Jalen Ramsey carted off knee surgery. Adam Schefter on Twitter put out that he got a text from a head coach in the NFL, quote, I hate the first two weeks of training camp. They need to restructure the offseason, end quote. The thing that drives me crazy is that injuries and situations that cannot be prevented, people want to fix. How? What are you changing the offseason that's going to prevent Joe Burrow from straining a calf? What are you going to do in the offseason to prevent Jalen Ramsey from turning the wrong way, falling, and injuring his knee? Injuries happen. It is okay to just accept the fact that football is a dangerous and injury-riddled sport, and there's really nothing we can do to change that. It's okay to put your hands up and say, you know what? We're at the mercy sometimes of the football gods. We're at the mercy of luck. And just see what happens. You hope all your players get through training camp healthy, get through the season healthy. We know it ain't a reality. Football is too physical, it's too dangerous, it's too fast. Part of the game, part of winning a Super Bowl, is truly just war of attrition. It is okay to just say injuries happen. We don't know how, we don't now, I should say, have to go all up in arms Oh, we got to restructure the offseason. We got to fix everything. What do you fix? What are you fixing that is preventing Joe Burrow or Jalen Ramsey from getting hurt today? The answer is nothing. These guys work out all year round. Just because they're not at the facility, just because there's not practice happening 24-7, 365, doesn't mean these guys are on the beach sipping mojitos for... Six months of the year. You see these players? They're jacked. They're ripped. They're fast. They have no body fat on them. They are working out constantly. They are in shape. These injuries aren't happening because they're fat and out of shape. Like it's 1930 where the players in the offseason go work on the farm and then come back to try to work themselves and need training camp to actually back into their sports shape. These athletes come into training camp ready to go. So you don't have to restructure the offseason. I hate, hate 
when always people try to, to create some sort of solution for a problem that is unsolvable. I get it. You are programmed and fixated as a head coach to always figure out how do we get past this adversity. There's always something. When it comes to injuries, you are allowed to just say, you know what? They happen. Hope it doesn't happen. Pray our team is healthy. But there's nothing you can really do. No off-season restructuring is going to go down to prevent what happened today. So I don't know what head coach told Adam Schefter that. I'm sure that head coach is not alone in thinking that the offseason needs to be restructured in order to, to save players from injury. Let's also be real. Training camp isn't, I'm not going to say isn't hard because that just, I've never been, so I'm not going to pretend like, you know, I'm a football player and I've been to training camp and can get through it. I can't. I dislocated my finger in the pool the other day. Okay, so I can't get through an NFL training camp. Let's be real here. In football standards, Training camp today compared to training camp 20 years ago are two different worlds, right? Two different worlds. It's really not as tough as it used to be. There's a lot more off days, a lot less padded practices, a lot less contact in general. You don't have to restructure the offseason and try to create a solution for a problem with just freak injuries when they happen. That isn't necessary. Okay, speaking of what isn't necessary, boy, I did not think Sean Payton this morning, I would be waking up and seeing him go scorched earth on basically everyone that was associated with the Broncos last year. But I'll tell you what he said here in a second. But Sean Payton's strong comments today about the state of the team last year shows me one thing. The Broncos this past offseason made the best move of any team in the NFL by hiring Peyton as their head coach. The Jets training for Aaron Rodgers, tremendous. The uh, Dolphins getting Jalen Ramsey, A+. A lot of big moves this offseason have been made. None bigger, none more impactful than the Broncos getting their new head coach. I think the Broncos are a playoff team this year. They're getting 12 wins. Russell Wilson is going to be back. And they are going to the playoffs. And Sean Payton's comments today to USA Today and Jarrett Bell confirmed to me he is by far the perfect coach to save what was a laughingstock of the NFL last season. Let's get this right before we go any further. Last year's failure. Failure. By the Denver Broncos, I think first and foremost is on the shoulders of Nathaniel Hackett, the head coach. The Broncos were bad last year. The Broncos were a laughingstock, primarily because of coaching. Hackett had zero control of the team, didn't know what he was doing, wasn't very organized, was not ready for the moment. And you know who agreed with that? Sean Payton. This is what he told USA Today. When it comes to uh, Nathaniel Hackett last year coaching the Broncos. Direct quote from Sean Payton. Quote, it might have been one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. That's how bad it was. End quote. (laughs) Have you ever heard a coach 
call out another coach like that? I haven't. And you know what? Sean Payton is right. He is 100% right. Hackett had zero control of that team. You want to know how bad it was? I don't need to tell you how bad it was. Sean Payton can do it for me. He continued in this interview with Jared Bell. Quote, shoot, they couldn't get a play in. They were 29th in the league in pre-snap penalties on both sides of the ball, end quote. That's on coaching. And he's right. Remember last year? I think it was either the first or the second home game for Denver. They were playing the Texans. The Broncos fans are counting down the play clock because each and every play the Broncos were on offense, they were going right down to the wire and a few times had to either call timeout or suffered a delay of game penalty because the play was coming in so late. They were awfully coached last year. Ill-prepared. And Sean Payton knows it. And that's why, not only do I think that Sean Payton is by far the best acquisition by any team this offseason, it's also why I believe uh, Russell Wilson is going to be back. He's not done. Russell Wilson still has a lot to give. He's not washed up. He didn't forget how to play football. Look, I'll be honest. There are plenty of times where I forget even, you know, I walk into a room and I forget why I'm there. I'll tell you what didn't happen. Russell Wilson did not one day wake up and forget how to play football. He still has a lot of good football ahead of him. His problem was, I think he was given too much power. That was the issue. That, to me, is on Russ. It's on the coaching staff as well for allowing him and enabling him. But Russell Wilson, last year, was like a kid in a candy store with no restraints whatsoever. If we all go back to our youth for a second here, and your parents took you down the block to the local candy store, and they said, you can have whatever you want. Take as much as you want. It's all free. It's all yours. We will not say no. All the Snickers you want, all the sweetest fish stuff you're faced with, Twizzlers, M&Ms, whatever you want, it's all there for your consumption. How many kids are going to say, you know what? I'm going to take the measured approach. I'm going to take two sweetest fish, one Snickers bar, because I know if I have any more, my stomach's going to hurt and I'm going to be on the ground in a lot of pain. No kid is doing that. If you put a kid in a candy store and say everything is yours, have at it, they're eating candy until they're on the floor with a stomach ache, nauseous, and wanting to die. That's exactly what happened to Russell Wilson last year. He was given all the power for the first time in his career. He had power over the offense. He had power over the personnel. He had power over who was in the building with him. His personal coaches, his quarterback, his personal quarterback coach. Russell Wilson is basically the quarterback, the head coach, and the GM of the team last year, all wrapped in one. He was given power for the first time in his career, and he had no idea how to handle it. Now you bring Sean Payton in. Sean Payton is a leader of that team. Sean Payton is the leader in saying, this is the offense we're running. This is, Russ, the style of play we're going to play. Here are the plays I like for you. And here's also who you'll be throwing the ball to and who will be your teammates. Sean Payton is a dictator. Sean Payton is the leader. That is what Russell Wilson truly needs. He needs to be told what to do. I thought for a while Pete Carroll was holding Russell Wilson back. I'll be honest, I was wrong on that. Because looking back, when you gave Russ power, he did not know how to handle it. Pete knew what he was doing in the sense that he was the one always kind of directing the offense and always 
telling Russ what to do. It was perceived as Russ was not allowed to cook. But I think in reality now, looking back in hindsight, Pete Carroll did it on purpose because I think he knew what the Broncos found out last year. Russ couldn't handle it. Sean Payton is not letting that fly this year. Sean Payton's coming in, laying down the law, again, taking a blowtorch to everything that was done last year and sending the message, last year is done, but also last year is not happening again. There's truly, literally, a new sheriff in town. I'm all in on the Broncos. I am all in. I think Russell Wilson's going to have a top five MVP season. I think the Broncos are going to win 12 games, and they're going back to the playoffs. This is exactly what Denver needed. They needed an adult in the room. They needed a true leader to take control of this team and take control of this offense, and that is what Sean Payton is doing. I'm shocked he's doing it in this fashion. We've never seen a head coach talk like this, ever. Any head coach always deflects, always shows respect to not only any other coach in the league, but especially to a team that's on your schedule. He's killing Nathaniel Hackett. Broncos, Jets, Week 5, Hackett's their O.C., Let's go. Let's go. Broncos, playoff team here in 2023. When we return, the Buffaloes of Colorado are going back to the Big 12. What's the next reshuffling move in college football? I'll tell you next. It's Ryan Nicky in for Zach Gill on CBS Sports Radio. 